0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 9. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life main than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. For there the worm never dies and the spirit is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. you may be seated please? Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you call us to be your people and that you put your spirit within us that we may be salt in the world. We pray that our salt will be renewed in your name. Amen. So the last few weeks on the gospel lesson... The disciples have been learning about Jesus and they come again to the same answer every time. They really don't understand Jesus. Outside of Capernaum, Jesus announces that his suffering and his rejection and death and resurrection and they don't understand. This text someone is healing casting out demons in the name of Jesus and they say he's not following us they don't understand so there's some ironies going on in the text Jesus just taught any whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me and then this person is healing And they're not welcoming Jesus in Jesus' name. Earlier, two big stories back, the disciples were sent out and they were to cast out demons and heal the sick. And they could not heal one. And so that Jesus had to do it. But now they hear that someone is casting out demons and they remember that they couldn't do it and they tell them, you shouldn't be doing that because you're not one of us. And Jesus tells them, Who's ever not against us is for us. They want to keep that faith for themselves rather than saying God is working in the world. Someone once said, you can divide the world into two groups of people. Those who believe you can divide the world into two groups of people and those who don't the disciples were believing they could divide the world into two groups. And Jesus was saying, no, there is only one group. When I was at seminary, Professor Jensen said, whenever you want to draw lines in order to mark who is outside the kingdom and who is inside the kingdom, just remember... Jesus is on the outside of the line that you draw. Jesus is always for those who are on the outside. I'm going to jump to the end of the text for a second and talk about salt. Salt is that preservative of food and life before refrigeration. Salt keeps meat fresh. Uh, The only exception to that would be Ludafisk. It seems to stay fresh no matter what you do to it. And so Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth and we are to preserve the world. can salt lose its saltiness pure salt that we get cannot lose its saltiness but impure salt salt within imperfections can pull away the saltiness especially in humid weather what happens to your sidewalk salt when you leave it outside all summer. Kind of wet, kind of rusting through the can, right? So, when salt is no longer tasting like salt, it's no longer any good. The purity is gone. It's watered down. It becomes useless. And maybe almost impossible to restore. And so Mark has Jesus say, Be the salt of the world. If you're going to follow Jesus, make a difference. Don't lose your purpose. Honor and worship the Lord and serve one another. If we lose our purpose, if we lose the center part of Christ, we are no good. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? So what does salt look like in our world today? What do we need? I think the salt that we need today is peace. The peace that we can live together, keeping Christ-centered in our life. So if we're salt and we go back to the story, how do we say we saw someone? That ends up being a divisive statement. If we saw someone, have we lost sight of Christ? Do we see God in the acts that we look at? We saw someone. Do you see God in the persons who need to learn of God's name? Sometimes we don't. And why? Because we make a judgment. Why do we reject or accept God's work in some people, but not other people? Why do we say yes to one job that might be Christian in in purpose and say no to another job When we say, we saw someone, we're making a judgment on that person and also on ourselves. We talk about grace from our Lutheran tradition, grace that comes through God's commitment to Jesus on the cross. So we have to be aware when we say we saw someone, we need to replace that in faith that we see Jesus in someone. Then we know that God is here, that Jesus is here. So Jesus took the time and he warned the disciples that they were the ones in danger of doing harm. And he to paraphrase it, the problem is not the folks outside our group. Don't worry about the others. They are not the problem. Rather, look at yourselves. How are you getting in the way of the gospel? How are you a stumbling block? We need to be aware and put Christ center in everything. Everything. Now you notice that I hit the beginning part of the text and the end part of the text. Now we get to the fun part. Well, it's maybe fun. How do we take the sayings in the middle of the text? I've often heard people say, well, I read my Bible literally. And then I think of this text. How can one cup of water bring a reward? And how can the cutting off of eye, hand, foot, tongue, how can that bring anything? If we read that text literally, none of us sitting here in church today would be complete. Something would be missing. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, pastor, if you didn't have a tongue, we would have shorter sermons. So we have to notice that that's not Literal. But what's the purpose of it being so stark? When we raise that bar of righteousness, when we raise that bar of faith, and we only see the avoidance of punishment and sin and the perfection of life so that we will be right before God, then we start cutting off parts of our body, plucking out eyes, disfiguring ourselves. Jesus then is saying, if you want a perfect life, you will have to be incapacitated. You won't do anything but exist. But on the other hand, When you receive a cup of water from the stranger, that stranger receives a blessing. That's a low bar. One cup of water, you know. An eternal reward. So this literally confusing part of the text makes the point. There's two ways of dealing with faith. One is to search and seek out perfection and the punishments for not being perfect. And the other is to receive the grace of a cup of water given to you. So what happens when we look at our Christian history? Jesus is teaching us to be tolerant of others, those who are called by his name. And the disciples are saying, let's protect who we are being part of the in-group. And we've learned that lesson from the disciples very well. We are splintered into thousands of groups, and Lutherans are one of those groups. So what's going on in our faith life? How do we understand this grace? How do we understand this love? By keeping Christ centered and knowing that he is Lord of the world. When people offer each other a cup of water, he is there. They may not know his name, but they understand the action. That's our task, to name the actions that are good for the Lord of kindness. Jesus wants us to keep our eyes on him and be kind in his name. We take a cup of water, and we poured over a child's head, an adult's head, and it marks us as beloved. We are part of God's family. When Jesus offers the woman at the well a cup of water that she will never thirst again, She understands his kindness. Maybe offering a cup of water is all we're called to do to keep Christ centered. Our message to the world, our message to our neighbors, is that we are part of the family of Christ and we do works of kindness. Sometimes we try to do, I'm going to call it missionary work, and we end up thinking we are better than those that we talk to. But Christ is already at work in those people. Christ is already at work in us. Through acts of kindness, acts of decency, acts of concern, acts of love. What is needed is to name those actions in Christ's name. And our role is to interpret what goes on in the name of Christ for others. Amen.